Shri Agita Radha 
Sirada Madhav Ki Jai Harinam Sankirtan Yagya Ki Jai Anunta Kuti Vaishnava Vinda Ki Jai Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavate Vasudevaya We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam from the 10th canto, chapter 7, entitled The Killing of the Demon Trinavarta, text 31. Aho batachad butame saruksasa. Balo nivritim gamitu bhyagat punaha. Himsa swapapena vihimsita kala. Himsa swapapena vihimsita kala. 
Sadhu Samatvena Bayat Vimuchate Sadhu Samatvena Bayat Vimuchate Aho Bhatatya Adbhutame Sarakshasa Aho Bhatatya Adbhutame Sarakshasa Balo Nivrittim Gamitu Bhyagat Punaha Himsra svapapena vihimsita kala Sadhu samatvena bayat vimuchate Aho batatyat bhutame sarakshasa Balo nivrittim gamito vyagat punaha Himsvasa papena vihimsita kala Sadhu samatvena bayat vimuchate Bata, indeed, Ati, very much, Adbutam, this incident is wonderfully astonishing. Isaha, this child, Raksasa, by the man eating demon. Balaha, the innocent child Krishna, Nivritin, taken away, just to be killed and eaten. Gamitaha, went away, Abhyagat Punaha, but he has come back again unhurt. Himsraha, one who is envious. Swapapena, because of his own sinful activities. Vihimsita, now that demon has been killed. Kalaha, because he was envious and polluted. Sadhu, any person who is innocent and free from sinful life. Samatvena, being equal to everyone. Baya, from all kinds of fear. Humuchate, becomes relieved. Translation. It is most astonishing that although this innocent child was taken away by the Rakshasa to be eaten, he has returned without having been killed or even injured. Because this demon was envious, cruel and sinful, he had been killed for his own sinful activities. This is the law of nature. An innocent devotee is always protected by the Supreme Personality of Godhead and a sinful person is always vanquished for his sinful life. Purport. Krishna conscious life means innocent devotional life, and a sadhu is one who is fully devoted to Krishna. As confirmed by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita 930, 
Bajate Mamananyabak Sadriva Samantavya. Anyone fully attached to Krishna is a sadhu. Nanda Maharaj and the gopis and other coward men could not understand that Krishna was the supreme personality of Godhead, playing as a human child, and that his life was not in danger under any circumstances. Rather, because of their intense parental love for Krishna, they thought that Krishna was an innocent child and had been saved by the Supreme Lord. In the material world, because of intense lust and desire for enjoyment, one becomes implicated in sinful life more and more. Therefore, the quality of fear is one of the aspects of material life. But if one becomes Krishna conscious, the process of devotional service, Shravanam Kirtanam, diminishes one's polluted life of material existence, and one is purified and protected by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Shinvatam Swakata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana. In devotional life, one is faith in this process. Such faith is one of the six kinds of surrender. Raksisya Titi Visvaso Hari Bhakti Vilas eleven six seven. Uh, 76. One of the processes of surrender is that one should simply depend on Krishna, convinced that he will give one all protection. That Krishna will protect his devotee is a fact, and Nanda Maharaj and the other inhabitants of Vrindavan accepted this very simply, although they did not know that the Supreme Lord himself was present before them. There have been many instances in which a devotee like Prahlad Maharaj or Dhruva Maharaj, has been put in difficulty even by his father and has been saved under all circumstances. Therefore, our only business is to become Krishna conscious and depend fully on Krishna for all protection. Om Ajnati Manandasya Yanandana Salakaya Shakshurumiritam Yana Tasmai Sikurvenama Shri Chaitanya Manavistam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Karamayam Dadati Svaparantikam Vandeham Siguru Sita Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaisnamamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatam Vitam Tam Sajivam Sarvitam Savadutam Parijana Saitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sagana Lalita Sivisakanyavitamascha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinavanna Jagatpate Gopisa Gopika Kanta Rana Kanta Namastate Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vindavaneshwari Visabhan Sutta Devi Pranamani Hari Priye Vancha Kalpa Tirubhyacha Kripasanubhyevicha Patitanam Pavanevyo Vaisnavevyo Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Adrita Gadada Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
somehow or other, by a miracle. By a miracle, the child was saved. Uh -huh. um, after that, started the rationalization. Um, and Nanda Maharaj and the cowherd men were thinking, yes, this demon had accrued so many sinful reactions, he had it coming. Right? So although, although he had superior power, and although he was easily able to take the child away, right? and there's nothing that a helpless child could do, but somehow or other, because of the reactions to his own sinful activities, the, the demon, somehow or other, fell down to earth and dropped dead. Um, and then, of course, there is another, another element into it, that this child is innocent. Uh, this child is innocent. Uh, unlike that demon who has engaged in so many activities, so many sinful activities, uh, this child is innocent and has not engaged in all these sinful activities. Uh, and therefore, the Supreme Personality of Godhead protected him uh, and also intervened. In this way, they saw the two factors which led to the fall of the demon and the death of Trinavarta. The reactions to his own sinful activities and the protection of the Supreme Personality of Godhead um, of his devotee. Um, Srila Prabhupada refers to Raksishyatiti Vishwa So um, this confidence that a devotee has that the Supreme Personality of Godhead will somehow or other protect us um, and in that regards uh, we can think about that um, <coughs> that that is not cheap um, that cannot just be done by declaration. Uh, one cannot just say, Krishna will protect us and that's it. And believe it deep down in one's heart. Uh, that is not possible. One might philosophically accept, but to actually become alleviated from fear, uh, that is, and to have that face, the Supreme Lord will really protect me. Uh, that is only possible if one has really um, sacrificed, sacrificed for the Supreme Lord. Uh, if one has given his life in service to the Lord and aligned his own personal desire with the desire of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which may be revealed uh, through his representatives, through the pure devotees, or may be revealed through scripture. Uh, and in this way, uh, one, one can align, uh, one can align his life along with the desire of the Supreme Lord. Um, some time ago, I was writing something uh, about human rights. And as I was researching, I came across a book which had an interesting point in the preface. And the point was, it is said that in the Western world, 
this point of my right. My right is something fundamental. It's constitutional. It is a fundamental element of, of Western culture. I have my right. Everyone has his right. And then we see, then I wrote, but in the, in the culture of India, it is different. There, the concept is not what is my right. The concept is what is my duty. Uh, and this concept of prescribed duty. So they really pinpointed something there. It is a fact that Vedic culture is based on that principle. And spiritual life uh, is based on that principle of what is my duty in any given situation. And therefore, in any given situation, that is, should be the leading principle. Uh, what, is, uh, what is my duty? Uh, not is, what is my desire? What do I deserve? Uh, what do we deserve um, at any time? Uh, what do we deserve? How can we even, even know what we deserve? Uh, we may think, I've done so many good things in this life, so I deserve good things. No, but that is short-sighted. Uh, because Anadi Bahya Mukha, since time immemorial, we are in the material world. What have we done throughout all these lives? How much karmic, uh, how many karmic reactions are stored within the heart? Uh, you can't trace it back. We cannot say when we are getting some reaction, if it is this life, three lives before, or unlimited lifetimes before that we committed a sinful activity and now reactions will come. So what do we deserve? Uh, what do we deserve? Uh, we can never, never think we deserve. We deserve uh, only positive results, um, being very much aware um, that we have been in the material world for so long, accruing so many sinful reactions. We are not surprised, uh, not surprised when reactions come. And of course, uh, everyone can remember plenty of things from this life for which we deserve reactions, uh, plenty of negative negative activities. So in that way, uh, we are not deserving. Um, we are not deserving. So, but somehow or other, it is the grace of the Lord um, that he is accepting the effort. Um, one is supposed to be in a pure state of consciousness, which means a state of pure love of God. In any other state of consciousness is a contaminated state of consciousness, contaminated by sinful reactions. But when we are in that state of pure love of God, that is actually the natural position. Nunam pramateyat indriya pritya apninuti. It is said that anyone who gets involved in sense gratification increasingly gets engaged in sinful activities. Because as we are not finding satisfaction uh, or fulfillment 
in, in acting according to prescribed duty, the tendency will be to go beyond it, uh, to see if there is maybe something more there, still not fulfilled. Therefore, sinful activities come, come natural in conditioned life. Uh, but one who becomes absorbed in devotional service, um, one who becomes fully absorbed from moment to moment. Um, I like the passage in the Chaitanya Charitamrita where it is described that the associates of Lord Chaitanya, while taking prasadam, would chant the Maha Mantra between bites. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, it's very graphic, and it really shows that that eagerness, that avyarte kalatvam, that sense of not wasting a moment, or sandrananda visesatma. It shows that density, uh, where devotional service in the advanced stages becomes more and more dense, where no moment is wasted, and every moment is fully utilized as a as an opportunity. Uh, to serve Krishna. That is not possible to practice as a prescribed duty. That cannot be done on the basis of, of mere knowledge. One can study, and, that, and such study of, of scripture is auspicious. Such, scripture of, uh, such study of scripture is, will be uplifting, but still, uh, it is said, Balavan Indriyan Gramo Vidvamsama Pikarasati. The senses are so strong that even a man of learning is, remains weak. He remains weak. Um, it is Rasavardam Rasopiasya Paramdhistanivartate. It is there where there is that that higher taste that we can um, can actually uh, remain fixed in devotional service and become more and more absorbed in devotional service um, to be attracted to Krishna. Um, that is is one aspect. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur explains the word Krishna in two ways. He says the word Krishna as its origin in the Krishdatu in Sanskrit it is made of two uh, two portions Krish and Na. And Krish has its roots in the word Akarsan and Na means happiness. So therefore the word Krishna can mean he who is all attractive and the cause of, of happiness. Another meaning of, of the word Krishna can be he who is attracted, he who is attracted uh, by, by the service of his devotee. Um, so that second definition, I liked it uh, the, because it's a little less common and uh, this point of attracting Krishna, of Krishna not just being 
the worshipable deity who is approached by us through service. And Krishna is there and we just do more and more service. But also Krishna who is attracted by his devotee. And Krishna who is then becoming active and making more and more arrangements uh, to increase the love of his devotee. And so, as the Vaishnava is not seeing that I'm under the influence of karma. Uh, we have this discussion. Something happened. Something happened. Was it now in the life of a devotee? Something unpleasant. Was it a diminished reaction for previous karma? Or was it Krishna himself who was, who was responsible for this? Um, so, Kiriyaraj Maharaj, who is a, is a mine of wealth, of association with Srila Prabhupada, so many moments spent, he pointed out that once Srila Prabhupada mentioned that Yes, there is this principle of karma. And there is this principle, this analogy of the fan, which has been turned off, but is still spinning and gradually slowing down how the diminished reactions of karma are still coming for the devotee. Right? That is there. But there is another point, that while this is going on, Krishna is personally supervising the whole process. He's watching it. He's not, and sometimes he may intervene uh, one way or the other. Sometimes he may just say, take this off the bill. Right? Okay, no need to pay for this. No need to pay for that. Or sometimes he might put something on there that wasn't even there. <laughs> Some additional purification, yeah? give them an extra dose, you know, <laughs> like that. Um, we can see how Krishna is making so many arrangements, um, just like we see in Bhagavatam, we see uh, the story of Maharaj Tritaketu. First, he went through this ordeal of wanting to have uh, a son and he had so many wives and and none of them uh, gave him a son and but then he got a benediction from Narada that he would get a son who would give both pleasure and pain he said well who doesn't have such a son every son gives pleasure and pain I'll take him yes and then the son was born to one of the wives and that was so so wonderful but then the other queens became envious and poisoned the child and then there was a dead child. It was a great disaster. It was really like too much. And both the king and the queen were very, very upset. But then again, Narada came and, and Narada called the child back, back to, to life. And then the child showed such detachment. Why have you called me back? Oh, your father and mother, they were so disturbed. Which father, which mother? I had so many fathers, so many mothers, and so many lives. Which one? In this way, uh, they, uh, then the attachment of Chichuketu Maharaj was cut. And he took up spiritual life and became a great exalted devotee. And, and then he got also so many blessings. And then he got this 
Vimana, this plane by which he could fly even to other planetary systems. And so he was flying to the upper planetary systems and there one day he's, he comes to an assembly of sages and Lord Shiva is sitting there uh, with his wife on his lap and they are naked. So it's like, uh, so then Chitraketu made a remark and the remark was how amazing, how amazing that Lord Shiva can sit like this in a an, in an public assembly of sages. How amazing. So Parvati didn't like that statement. Uh, <laughs> oh, you are criticizing Lord Shiva. Oh, then this is not the behavior of a devotee. Uh, then you'll be a demon. So being cursed. Then later it turned out that his intention was not to criticize. He was just saying how amazing that this is possible. But still, one must be careful in how one speaks in relation to the devotees. Anyway, then Maharaj Chitaketu had to become the demon Vritasura. Um, and that's another long story. But here was a devotee in the body of a huge demon, somehow or other, uh, invoked from a yajna, and he was a huge demon physically, but internally a devotee. Uh, and Indra, who was supposed to be the devotee, was fighting with him, and Indra was supposed to kill him, and he didn't do it because he was afraid, and Vritasura had to tell him, you know, you can do it. You can, your thunderbolt, it will work. Just try it. <laughs> try it and do it. <laughs> Come on. Try it. It will work. And finally, he was relieved. So there, in the purports, we find a description how Vritasura was particularly put into this, this demon body by a divine arrangement so that he could very quickly burn up whatever impurities were there. Oh, excuse me. This never happens. But nobody ever calls me. And uh, <clears throat> this uh, Sovrita Sura was in this way relieved uh, from, from material existence and by a divine arrangement Everything was very quickly burned up. So, in this way, we can see what is the protection of the Supreme Lord. Um, one place where I uh, spend a lot of my time for many, many years is South Africa. And South Africa is such a country, right? There is a lot of crime in South Africa. And, and killing and all these things is an unsafe place. So um, it's not only something you read in the newspapers, but it comes into your social circle. You meet people who got hijacked and held up. And I know many. Yeah, I know many. And also some, I also know people that got killed. So there was one, one lady, a nice devotee, who was at home. She was chanting Japa. And then was murdered by a, a painter. 
and it was painting the house. And it was, uh, it was so shocking uh, because, because she was actually chanting Japa at the time. Her hand was still in the beat bag. Right? And so how is it possible? What about protection? Didn't Krishna protect his devotee? What's going on? Such a thing. Everyone, there was a large gathering, and everyone sort of felt like, well, this is a little too much. Isn't Krishna supposed to protect his devotee? Uh, but after a discussion uh, um, among senior Vaishnavas, um, the point that came out was that Krishna may or may not protect the body. But Krishna always protects the soul. Krishna always protects the destiny of the soul. And in this way, we have to see. Uh, not that we think, oh, Krishna will protect my body. He may or may not. Uh, that, you know, and the car rolled over and stepped out alive. Only a scratch. Krishna saved us. Yeah, well... But it's not that he always saves his devotees. Uh, and then, uh, and also not when something happened to a devotee who dies in an accident, oh, he must have committed some great offense. Oh. Yeah. No, all that logic doesn't apply. Uh, because at one point in time, the body is just reaching its natural end. Time's up. That's it. And how, how one will leave this world, uh, that, that is secondary. In the Bhagavatam, there is the description of Lord Risabdev. He's a Shakti Avesh avatar of the Supreme Lord. And then it is described that Lord Risabdev leaves his body in a forest fire. Well, that's not a way to go for a Shakti Avesh avatar. Shouldn't, you know. Huh? Uh, no, one can, whatever way we go uh, in this material world, that's totally irrelevant. Huh? That's totally irrelevant, totally unimportant. Huh? And, but we know that whatever may happen, Name Bhaktya Panasyati, my devotee will never perish. Krishna always protects the soul. And in this way, we're very, very sure that there's nothing to worry about. So, this relationship has to develop with Krishna. This relationship of serving Krishna and then dependence on Krishna. When we're not fully absorbed in service to Krishna, then the dependence on Krishna will not work. Then our faith will not have the strength uh, to actually believe that Krishna will trust us. We have to have that faith that from devotional service and only from devotional service, all good will come. Therefore, forget everything else. There is nothing else that is good. There's only devotional service. Nothing else is good. Everything else is actually trouble. Sugar-coated trouble sometimes, or straight trouble. That's all there is in the material world. Uh, 
But the only thing, the only benefit comes from pure devotional service. So at that stage of pure devotional service, where every moment one chooses for Krishna, at that point one can actually feel uh, fully protected in the heart and one can actually become abhayam, fearless. Uh, that is possible. And uh, that is the spirit of pure devotional service. And that is um, how Krishna protects his devotees. So one last point. And then sometimes we think, yeah, and I'm not a pure devotee. Therefore, of course, Krishna protects his pure devotees. But will he protect me? Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I know the state of my heart. Will he protect me? Um, yes, Krishna, it is described in the Krishna book that Krishna's name is Achuta. And it's said Achuta means infallible, one who never fails. So there in the Krishna book it is said Achuta means one who never fails to recognize the smallest service rendered by a devotee. And therefore, Krishna will protect any devotee, any devotee, uh, um, who has rendered the smallest service, Krishna will protect. Uh, but, as I said, although we may read that, Krishna's Achutta, and although we may hear that still in our heart, some doubt remains. And we are not completely free from fear. Uh, and actually, that yes, Krishna will protect us. And therefore, we hold on to our material security and make all kinds of arrangements. I have experience in 1979, I was in India before that, staying in Vrindavan, and then um, somehow or other my visa was finished, so I had to go to Nepal. So I went to Nepal, and as I was in Nepal, I was a bit bored, and then the devotees had a bus, a bus that could go from Nepal to, uh, to Istanbul, and they asked me if I wanted to go with that bus and take a group of passengers. So I went. Now in those days, I wasn't reading any newspapers because that was Maya. So I went overland, right? And I never realized that uh, Khomeini had just taken over Iran. So we just drove into Iran. And we're in Iran, and suddenly there is a man at the side of the road who looked like Fidel Castro's twin brother, you know? <laughs> the cap, the machine gun, everything. And then, next moment, he flags down our bus and you stop for a machine gun. So we stopped. He came on board and said, we're going to the revolutionary headquarters. And we said, yes, sir. And we, and we were going. And then we came there and all these Muslims, black, uh, black kaftans and turbans, white turbans, and they're like raising their arms, making a lot of noise. So we're looking like, oh, this doesn't look good. 
but our friend told us to get down. So we did, and to go into some fort, a gate was there. So we, the people made a pathway for us, and we walked through in between them, and then they start to hit us on the back with their fists. So we ran. We ran into the army fort, and we ran, and we came into a courtyard, and then the soldiers were waiting for us and said, with machine guns and said, line up against the wall. And there we stood. And it was very interesting. We stood against the wall in front of the firing squad. And of course, we were dressed in army clothes because, you know, but. And I stood there and we had some <clears throat> passengers also. And so devote, a few devotees and, and many passengers, karmis. Anyway, we stood there in front of the firing squad and somehow or other it was very difficult to fully trust in Krishna and to be fearless at that point. <laughs> I, was, I was sweating and not only because of the sun. And, but the thing is, I wanted to do something, you know, so I made a plan. It was a crazy plan, but I, I needed a plan, right? So what I was doing, you look at me now, I'm doing it. You can, if you, if you watched, you could see I was moving, but very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very, moving very slowly. And, and more than half of, at one point, more than half of my body was behind my neighbor. <laughs> 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 sneaky, sneaky as I am, you know. <laughs> and I know machine, bo machine gun bullets go through people, but still I thought, maybe <laughs> better first him, you know, than me. <laughs> and then I thought, and when I see that they're about to shoot, I drop sideways and I fall sort of behind the people. And then if I'm still alive, then, you know, then I'll figure out how to escape next. Right? A totally crazy plan, but I needed it. I needed that plan. I couldn't just say, okay, Krishna. I couldn't be like Draupadi, throw my arms up in the air and say, okay, Krishna, whatever you desire. It was like, not possible. So I pray that by practicing in devotional service, Abhyasa Yoga Yuktena, that one day I may come to that point of Draupadi and throw my hands in the air and just say, Krishna, Krishna. I'm totally in your hands now, whatever you desire. I hope that they will come before I die. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Any questions or comments? Yes, <laughs> I know, I know. I always do that when I tell the story. <laughs> it's a cliffhanger, you know? <laughs> I keep you sitting on the edge of your seat, right? So what happened? <coughs> well, <coughs> I reincarnated again. <laughs> uh, that's why I look young. <laughs> uh, now, that's one option. No, there was another situation. What happened was, we were buying the bus from a German, and his name was Wolf. Yeah? He was a real Ksatria, you know, blonde with a top knot, etc. Tough dude. 
And we were all standing there, and it, for, after four hours, Wolf runs out of the line. I thought, cracked. You know? I thought he lost it. I mean, this, he lost it. He just ran forward towards the soldiers. And then there was a football, and he kicked the football. The soldiers, they went nuts. They just screamed. And I thought, this is the end. Then, then so many, then officers came running out of offices, so much commotion. And then finally, after all that, they just told us, okay, get out of here. Um, Wolf, I think Wolf gambled. Uh, that's one option, Wolf gambled. The other option is Wolf was inspired by the super soul. <laughs> somehow I did it. I don't know what it was, but anyway, somehow or other, we got out of there. The story continues and continues, but that I save for another occasion. Part, part two. Anyway, we got out of there. But more trouble was to come. It wasn't over yet. <laughs> Any philosophical question? <laughs> <laughs> well, has you said that the, the, uh, the conditions at the time of death is irrelevant? The conditions at the time of death are irrelevant. And sometimes the body's relatives, parents, they haven't done anything in their lives apart from being just relatives of the, the body's homes or whatever. And they live in very auspicious circumstances. How, how, how do we, like, you know, they have tools in the mouth, the chikpapapat is there, the picture is there, the body is there, and he's you know, chanting. Okay. Yeah, how, how that is relevant? You're putting my statement in another context. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I made the statement, I put it in the context of the devotee who is leaving the body, and then it doesn't really matter whether a devotee leaves surrounded by so many Vaishnavas, or leaves in, a, in, a, in any other condition, if that devotee is Krishna conscious. When we're not so Krishna conscious, then of course it helps a lot. If there are 30 people around us uh, chanting Hare Krishna, that would be a great, uh, a great benediction. And we know Prabhupada told about Jayananda, two letters. And the first letter said, maybe Jayananda went to the heavenly planets. Then Prabhupada got news that there was a kirtan going on, and Prabhupada said, oh, then he's definitely returned back to Godhead. So in that way, um, to leave one's body in the association of devotees is auspicious. So when I used the word irrelevant, I meant to say that um, it's, it's not an indication of the destination of the devotee. The devotee may leave in an in, in some accident, in a forest fire, like I gave the example of Rishabh Dev. A family member who, who somehow or other gets, due to the connection with the devotee, so many benedictions, yes, will be benedicted by that connection. 
both by the tools he leave and all that, and also just by sharing in the result of the service of the of that Vaishnava. So in that way, there is benefit. Mm. Mm. Since I'm telling real life stories, and I guess everybody knows it anyway. That, uh, and if you don't know, then you know it now. That I was shot in 1995, right? Bullet went right through me, and um, I was shot in a bathroom. And somehow or other, I stayed conscious, and I realized that I got to get out of this bathroom because otherwise, they're going to find me here dead. You know, I got to get to people and got to get to a hospital as quick as possible. Um, so then I was, uh, I was sitting on my knees on the veranda and in pain and cramps and sort of moving in cramps. And, and of course it was time to think of Krishna. And it wasn't difficult to think of Krishna. I mean, I didn't have 30 people shouting in my ear, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. I was thinking of Krishna, because what else to think of when you're in trouble? You know, when you're in trouble, you're going to think of Krishna. Uh, that, by Prabhupada's mercy, uh, it wasn't hard to think of Krishna. I was thinking of Krishna like anything, right? Oh, yes, that was there. The only thing was, I, I was even thinking then, if I survive this, then I hope that the next time I get into this position on the edge of death and I think of Krishna, that I'll think of him with more love. And that's, that's what I think about these days. Not only to think of Krishna at the end of life, but to think of Krishna with love. That's, that's what's on my mind these days. Hmm. Okay. Yes, you're the last one, and then I have to also. I read somewhere that devotee knows its next body before his death. What? So can you start again slowly? I read somewhere, I think in Prabhupada Prabhupada, also he mentions that devotee knows his next body before his death. So, how can he know it? I don't know if uh, at exactly at what state a devotee would know his next body or would not know his next body at the time of death. I also don't know if that is like uh, a law that applies to all situations or if that may sometimes be the case. Or So it's a little vague. You must be careful to take one statement, carve it in stone and sort of like make it like... Uh, it, it, it's a statement, but to isolate it and turn it into a universal principle may be a bit, bit much. I personally would be hesitant to do that, as it might apply in, <clears throat> in some situations, may not apply in other situations. Um, uh, is there more evidence on this point, I would say? No, I'm saying, I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you to give more evidence. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm asking you to research it. You take it and you go research it and you come back after, after 25 years, if I'm still alive. <laughs> and then you tell me what you found. 
because it's 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 a point with very little information. So let's be a little. Let's not make those points where we have only little information too prominent in our presentation of Krishna consciousness. Let's stick to the, the points that Prabhupada emphasized, I think. That's more clear. So I find it a little unclear, that, that point. I want to go because I'm, I'm teaching and I have very little time for breakfast, so I have to, have to leave. I thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.